Hello everybody, I'm Brent Nixon and welcome back to Breeding the Honeybee. Today I'm going to be talking about Buckfast Abbey. Buckfast Abbey is a very famous place for beekeeping and it's where brother Adam lived. He was a well-known queen breeder who believed that any issue that we could have with our bees could be solved through breeding. Today I'm going to be talking about his life story and I'm also going to be speaking with Claire Densley. She's the current head of beekeeping at Buckfast Abbey and she's going to be telling us all about what Buckfast are up to these days. So before we get into that, here's the life of Brother Adam. Hope you enjoy. Brother Adam was a monk who lived at Buckfast Abbey in Devon, England. He is best known as the creator of the Buckfast Bee, a substrain of Apis mellifera, the European honeybee. Brother Adam did this by the use of an isolated mating station and by making extensive journeys around Europe and North Africa to find breeding stock. He searched for regions of distinct indigenous races of bees, especially to areas where the native strains had been maintained. During his life, he traveled more than 160,000 kilometers or 100,000 miles in search of bees. Buckfast Abbey is located in Buckfast in the southwest of England only a few feet above sea level and only a few miles from the Atlantic coast. Three miles to the northwest there is the heather-covered plateau of Dartmoor and there, about 17 kilometres or 10 miles from the monastery, was the mating station used by Brother Adam. The mating station, established in 1925, was 400 metres or 1,300 feet above sea level in a wide valley which was well protected from the prevailing southwesterly winds. Buckfast Abbey had an agreement with the Devon Beekeepers Association that no other hives would be placed within a five mile radius of the mating station. During the late summer, the region of Dartmoor comes alive with flowering heather, creating a paradise for bees. During other times of the year, however, the region is not able to support bees unless they are supplemented with feed. This is the reason why it made an excellent location for the isolation mating of the honeybee. Beekeeping has been done at Buckfast Abbey since the late 1800s. Brother Adam lived almost his entire life at the Abbey and kept bees there from age 15 until well into his 90s. He was born in 1898 in Germany and moved to Buckfast Abbey when he was 11 years old. In 1915, Brother Adam started work on the apiary two years before tracheomites reached Buckfast. When the tracheomites reached Buckfast, only 16 out of their 46 colonies survived. These were all predominantly Carniolan and Italian in strain, leaving none of the native black bees alive. In 1919, Brother Adam was put in charge of the bees and set about rebuilding the colonies. His intention was to use crossbreeding to develop a new bee which was hardy like the black bee, but disease resistant like the Italian bee and a good honey producer. One of his first objectives as head of the bee department was to adopt a single style of hive and replace the various styles of hive that had previously been used. The style that Brother Adam settled on was what became known as the Buckfast Hive, which was a modified day tent that accommodated for 12 frames instead of 11, with the honey supers being half as deep as the brood boxes. Brother Adam also invented his own style of hive top feeder, which was sealed with paraffin wax to stop the sugar syrup leaking into the bees. These were a big improvement on the canned style feeder that relied on internal pressure to feed the bees from a steady pace above the colony. 
The concept of the top feeder was also used in the mating nuclei, which was a box split into two compartments that accommodated for half-sized datant frames. Divider boards could be used to make four compartments. The mating nuclei were designed with overwintering ability in mind. By 1950, Brother Adam was overwintering 400 queens in his mating nuclei. Brother Adam's trips intending to find queen bees around Europe and North Africa started in 1950 and continued for almost 40 years. He would travel around looking for beehives and trying to find the keepers of the hives he found. As time went on, his trips became easier the more well-known he became. While at the beginning it was just him and an Austin A40 car, driving around looking with no real idea what he was going to find, by the end of his trips they were much more organised. He set up meetings with scientists and well-known beekeepers who had bees ready to show him when he arrived at their region. In 1987, at the age of 89, Brother Adam undertook one last trip to the rainforest of Tanzania near Kilimanjaro. He was seeking the reportedly more passive bee Apis mellifera monticola. The queens collected on this trip did not survive the journey back to Buckfast, but the well-documented nature of the monticola encouraged other beekeepers to continue Brother Adam's work. The Monticola was laid across with the Buckfast to produce the Elgin strain of bees. The Varroa mite was discovered in the UK for the first time in April 1992, only four years before Brother Adam passed away. His response to this threat to the honeybee was that breeding would be the solution, and this is the same as his opinion had been almost 80 years earlier when dealing with the tracheal mites. Well, I hope you enjoyed that story about Brother Adam, and to continue the story about Buckfast, Here's my interview with Claire Densley. Okay, now I'm going to be speaking with Claire Densley, who is the current head of the bee department at Buckfast Abbey. Hello, Claire. Hi, Brent. How are you doing today? Yeah, I, um, it's, it's a lovely day here, and um, the bees are all busy working, and I've been tidying up our barn all morning. Oh, fantastic. So you're mid-season at the moment, is that right? Yeah, I just, I suppose we're in what we call the main honey flow. So we really, we get a spring flow, which will mostly be trees. We don't have any big crops around here. We don't have rape, for example. So it's just what the bees get from the spring flowers and the trees. And then we had quite a significant June gap this year. Do you get one of those? Um, no, not really. Uh, we sort of have um, various eucalyptus species that flower all year round. Um, so we don't really get a big break um, like you do there. And they, so, certain places in Europe get that as well, I think. Yeah, I think we had a good two weeks when there was no nectar at all going in the hives. So I was feeding my nukes and my little, you know, my vulnerable colonies. I was feeding them with fondant just to get them through. And now we're in the main, what we call the main flow, which is blackberry, clover, the lime blossoms just finished. Right. And do you chase um, heather and ivy there? No. Um, Brother Adam used to take the bees up to the heather um, in set, oh, August, September time. But really, there's not much heather on the moor anymore. You know, the moors are managed differently and there's not a lot of heather up there. Um, and... Ivy just happens. <laughs> we, we try and um, feed the bees or make sure they've got plenty of forage before the ivy comes because they don't overwinter well on lots of ivy. Right. That's interesting. 
Um, so first question, Claire, um, how did you get into beekeeping? Uh, well, I'm a city girl. I, I, I was brought up in the city in Bristol and um, I was always hankering after the countryside. So I was always trying to cycle out to Bristol and, and, and be in the fields and things. And I always wished my dad was a farmer, but he wasn't. He was a dental mechanic. And um, I always wanted that connection with nature. So when I left and went to college, I got an allotment. Do you have allotments there? They're like little bits of land you can rent from the council and you can grow vegetables. Yeah, allotment gardens. I've seen. I've been to London. I've actually seen those. They're they're yeah. really interesting. Um, I we yeah. sort of you, have them in Australia. Rent. Yeah, so yeah. you just rent this little strip of land alongside loads of other people. And I had this allotment, and there was a guy two two allotments down from me who had bees. So I used to, when he wasn't there, I used to sneak and sit by his hives and just watch them going in and out and thinking, well, I could do this. So um, I um. I bought a book, well, I got a book from the library and I read the book and I and I got some bees and I just muddled my way through it. And it was really that, it was that wanting to do, have something to do with the countryside and, and have, you know, in a small way. Oh, and that's how it came about. Fantastic. And um, so you've been at Buckfast for about 10 years, is that right? Since 2008, whatever that is. Oh, okay, so almost fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And yeah. and and you're the current head of the bees over there. Um, and so, can you tell us what the bee department is up to at Buckfast these days? Okay, so when I first joined, we had four hundred colonies here, and it was just honey production. We weren't particularly queen rearing, although we we raised queens. We weren't doing it in the same way Brother Adam did, but we were still using the isolation site on Dartmoor. I'm not sure why. Anyway, um, in 2010, the monks decided that they were gonna um, cut down the bees and, and, and do education. And the guy that was uh, running it then, he, he wasn't interested, but I was. So we sold most of the bees and now we've got about 30 colonies. We run about 30 colonies, you know, it fluctuates a bit. Um, and, and now it's education. So we run courses, we run beginners beekeeping courses, we run workshops for improvers. We do quite a lot of well-being work with veterans and with kids, not school kids so much, but kids at centres that they don't want to go to school or they have difficulty with school. So, um, again, more like well-being work than anything else. And we have a lot of fun with the bees, really. Oh, fantastic. So those hives are kept there at the, the Abbey now, is that right? Yeah, we've got, uh, I think, five different sites. So we don't keep many bees at each site. And we've got a little mating apiary where we do some mini nukes for raising new queens. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. So is raising queens so, yeah. part of the courses or uh, the education that you do? Um, we, we do some workshops on... I, I, I tried doing a course on queen rearing, but, um, but it's really difficult because the timings don't work to weekends when people can come. You know, once you start, you know, the motion off of queen rearing, you've got a different kind of timetable, and I found that really stressful. So now we just do workshops on, say, um, how, how you can use cells or how you can make up mini nukes or, you know, so rather than trying to be sequential about it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And, yeah. 
Right. And so um, as we were previously talking about, these days you're running with a, um, a different strain of bees. Is that right? Yeah, they're, um, they're what Brother Adam would call mongrels. So they're basically locally adapted bees for the Devon area. So when, when, we, when we sold all the hives, um, I basically kept all the nice girls. So we kept all the good-tempered girls because we were going to be teaching. And, they, and believe me, some of them were not good-tempered that we were working with before. And, and then we just kind of bred from there. So now we've got probably, I don't know, eight or nine different lines, which um, we do a little bit of selective breeding in that we, we would um, breed from our nice girls and, and perhaps cull the odd naughty one. But we don't do heavy selection. So it's just gentle gentle selection and um all our all our all our colonies have names so right. we've got um instead of numbers so we've got the helens and the gales and the jojos and the rosies we've even got one called sylvia's mother so it's like a collective name but it's a line really that's fantastic and um are you noticing some of those um uh, english black bee characteristics uh, coming back um I wouldn't say our girls are, are black bees. You do get some colonies with predominantly darker bees, but what is good is they adapt to the weather. So the English weather is not very consistent at all. And very often in August, we'll get a period where the, um, it will be very dry and there won't be any nectar. And sometimes the queens will stop laying during that period, just go off lay because there's no fresh food coming in. And for me, that's a great a great adaptation because it gives them a varroa break um, the varroa can't breed in you know if there's no brood cells the varroa can't breed and it means that they're not using up their resources whereas the buckfast bee would have carried on laying through that and we would have had to feed so there are good characteristics coming through which i think make them more sustainable right excellent and um, so for people wanting to get involved with uh, coming to Buckfast and learning about the bees, um, what's the best way they can do that? Probably email me or um, they can phone me as well. So um, I, I can give you my email address and my phone number. So if anyone from Australia is in England and they want to come visit, they can just give me a bell and they're most welcome to. You know, we love having visitors. Um we had a, a guy from a young boy from France this week, and we got a guy coming in from um, America next week. So you know, if you're in the vicinity and you're visiting, then please do come visit. Excellent. And so I does can, that does that count for tours as well? We don't do big tours. So beekeeping groups come in, and because of COVID, it's been um, we've we've had to adapt a little bit, or we're we're just going through another little mini wave at the moment of people catching COVID. So I've got a group of 15 coming in on Saturday from Somerset Beekeepers. And then, you know, look, the local bee associations are coming in in smaller numbers. We've got a big barn that we uh, reside in and I can open up the double doors and, like, doors and I can open up all the windows and try and make it a safe space. But we don't, we couldn't accommodate, say, a group of 30. That would be, that would be too much. So small groups we can take. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Claire. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I uh, say goodbye today? Um, 
um, my do you, do you want my email address so people yeah. could contact? No worries. I've got okay. your email address, and I'll put that one in the show notes. Um, I'll also add uh, your phone yeah, number if and, you like. And, yeah, yeah, do that because I don't mind people phoning me anytime. And like I say, we always love having visitors, especially foreign visitors, because it's so nice to um, get a different view of beekeeping. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Claire. Really appreciate your time today, and uh, all the best with the, the rest of the season. Yeah, you too. I hope you your season, I suppose you have a more consistent season than us, don't you? Yes, well, um, where I am, I actually get a bit of a flow in the middle of winter, um, or yellow gum really? eucalyptus, and, um, but uh, yeah, we, we have a pretty consistent summer flow. I sort of move my hives around different eucalyptus species, and yeah, it's, it's quite consistent. In the middle of summer, we get a big uh, flow off the red gum, but um, generally okay. speaking, it's uh, pretty consistent most of the year. It's only really the late autumn that I don't get much. Well, it's hard for us to imagine. We we are so governed by the weather here, and the weather is just so unpredictable. Yeah, but we I can have imagine. to be like bees. Just just be flexible like bees and go with the flow. Excellent. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Claire. Um, have a great day and uh, hopefully talk to you again soon. Yeah, nice to talk to you, Brent. Bye. All right. See ya. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. And if you'd like to know more about what they're up to with the bees at Buckfast these days, you can get in touch with Claire and I've put her details in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to know more about Brother Adam, he's written some fantastic books one of which is the inspiration for the name of this podcast, actually. I'd also like to recommend The Monk and the Honeybee. That's a fantastic documentary that's available on YouTube, and it shows the trip that Brother Adam took to Africa looking for the Monte Cola Bee. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can at nixonbees.com.au. And until next time, thanks so much for tuning in. 